0: talk to you tonight on this part of faith to change your world faith to change your world in hebrews chapter 11 verse number one through three uh, it talks to us there about faith it said now faith say faith is always in the now all right now let's all say it together ready faith is always in the now amen Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report or testimony. And by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then verse 6, it said, But without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. And so we thank God that when we diligently seek him, he rewards us. Amen. And then in Genesis chapter 29, I want to read starting in verse 31 and down through 35. Not sure if we'll get there uh, tonight, but we'll try our best. It says, when the Lord saw that Leah was uh, unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction, and now therefore my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons, and therefore his name shall be called Levi. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, and then she stopped bearing. Amen. Amen. Faith frames our world the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, the visible, were made by the things which do not appear, the invisible. In other words, the visible made formed the invisible, or it's made made or formed by the invisible. The invisible realm has an effect upon the visible realm. There are two sides. There are spirit and truth. There are Adam and there's Eve. There is the touch and there is a green. There is the sowing and the reaping. Uh, There is the natural body and there is the spiritual body. 1 Corinthians 15 and 44. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, it said, There is visible things that are temporal and invisible things that are eternal. And so faith and works go together. One by itself will not uh, create or bring about the desired result. But it is when the two come together, the spirit and the body, when the faith and the works is connected and you tap into the power realm of faith, it is that spirit realm that can change the physical realm. And so many people uh, rely on natural means to and methods to be able to uh, produce what they desire in their lives, what they are trying to accomplish. For example, there there's a limit to your own calculation, your own uh, determinations, your ability to figure a thing, to comprehend, to compute, to foresee. Even science and medical uh in medicine has limitations. That is the reason why that they'll say we need to do more testing. We don't know why you're sick. They will say things like, uh, uh, we have, we've done all that we know to do, right? Because in every aspect, not just in medical, not just in the scientific world, but in every, uh, area of our lives, we have a limitation. We have a place that says, this is as far as we can go, and there is no further that we can go, amen? There is a need in the natural means of our life that cannot be supplied by the natural results, so we have to come to an understanding in the spirit that God in the spirit realm can supply the natural need of our life. Amen. Faith does not stand in the wisdom of men, but my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, our Lord. With man, there are impossibilities. But with God, I said, but with God. All things are possible. Amen. And so God asked Abraham, is there anything too hard for me? And I want you to understand tonight that Abraham knew the power of God. When Gabriel was asked that question, he replied and said, "There is nothing too hard for you." Amen. All power has been given to him and in us into heaven and in earth. Amen. According to Ephesians chapter three and twenty. And so, what we have to do is tap into that realm of the spirit and begin to operate in that realm of faith. And when we do, we will not only accomplish that in the spirit but it will manifest in the flesh amen you have uh, within you right now resides what you need to be able to establish the uh the in the visible because of the invisible did you hear me i said you have within you right now Amen. This very moment, the power of faith that is, enables you to be able to bring to pass in the visible what is in the invisible right now. You have the invisible power of faith. That invisible power can change your visible world and your circumstances. In Matthew 17 and 20, he said, If you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, right? You shall say to this mountain, be removed unto yonder place, and it shall be moved. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. Now, now, watch this. He didn't say that nothing is impossible to God. He said nothing is impossible to you. That's the reader, right? That's me. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about me. When that element of faith is working in us, if you have faith, your life is not limited to what you see in the bank. Your life is not limited to that what side of the tracks that you grew up on. Amen. Your life is not limited by your lack of or because you have great education. Amen. these things may have bearing on where you started, but they don't have any bearing on where you finish. Amen. And so he is rewarder. He enable, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all in which we are able to ask or even think, And so God is not your foe. He's not your opponent. He's not mad at you. He's not looking to get back at you. He isn't looking for a reason to knock you down. Amen. To, some, to hear some people talk, we don't need a devil. God's bad enough. Come on, somebody. Amen. But how many know God's good? And he's not schizophrenic. He's good all the time. And he wants to bless us all the time. Amen. People, uh, you know, they, they act like that. They get mad at God. If they lose their job, they get mad at God. If things don't go their way, they get mad at God. If circumstances in life don't turn out, you know, and, and trouble comes their way. Well, the scripture prepares us for all of that, right? He said, those who live godly will suffer persecution. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. It, it isn't the de- It isn't God that put you in the affliction. It isn't God that made you sick. It isn't God that these troubles have come, but since they have come, the good God that you and I are serving is going to deliver us out of them all. Praise God. Why? How do you know that? Because the Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from the father above, right? Amen. And so it isn't that he is putting uh, wanting to beat us down, He is wanting to lift us up. I know there is a, a day of reckoning. I understand that. I know that what you sow you shall also reap. I understand the wages of sin are, is still death, but if you are serve, you serve the devil, you will be bound up, you'll be tied up, you'll be torn up and one day you'll bake up, right? But Proverbs 13 and 15 said the way of the transgressor is hard. But if you serve God, you will grow brighter and brighter. And the end of a thing is better than the beginning of the thing. Amen. He said the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. He doesn't, God never starts a thing big and it and it fizzles out. He always starts it and it always gets greater than the end than what it started. Praise God. And that's the reason why I tell you this thing isn't winding down. It's winding up. Amen. And God's about to flex his muscles and show himself off in this world. And we're going to see the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of God established through our lives. Amen. And I'm excited about that. I remember. Sometimes we we get our theology mixed up because we've watch too many movies (laughs) amen but i want to remind you of some good news tonight god hasn't come to harm you but he's come to bless you boil down all of the theology and the premises of christianity is this god is good and the devil is bad god loves you and satan hates you Amen. Don't let the devil fool you. Amen. I don't care how sweet he talks to you. He'll never do anything but bad to you. And if anything is good in your life, then understand it is the hand of God that has brought it into your life. God will take what the devil has meant for evil and he will turn it around for good. He will cause all things to work together for the good, amen, of them who are called into the Lord. And so we have to understand this tonight. Now, faith is the key ingredient. Your faith must be released and directed and pointed at something. Right? You must be intentional. And the longer you walk with God, the more intentional you must become. Right? I know we may have a few folks that have just started walking with the Lord, but uh, for the most part, I look around here, and we've been walking a little while. Right? And and whenever you walk with Him a little longer, you've got to become more intentional in your walk, and and less accidental. As a young believer, I I had blessings that I thought were accidental because I didn't know what I did to get them, right? But now I see that there are no accidental blessings. If I get the blessing, it's because I was in order. I did something. I positioned myself to be blessed, amen? And so I learned to initiate. I learned to instigate the blessing of God. I learned that through every blessing, if if you read maybe a a sentence or a, a verse above the promise, you'll always see before that. If you hear these sayings of mine and do it, if you do it, if you do this, if you do this, then I will do this. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, we talk about the times of refreshing but nobody wants to talk about the repent and be converted. But if we want the blessing, a lot of folks say, well, well, I just don't ever get the blessing. Well, you ain't, you ain't doing verse number one, but if you do, do it all and take it in context and do what is required, then the blessing will come, amen, because God's not a man that he should lie. And so now I'm, I'm more deliberate, I'm calculating, I'm calculating. I'm premeditating. Instead of waiting for a rare move of God or waiting for a rare blessing to come, I engage myself in his presence. I I intentionally try to honor his word and and speak his word in my life. I intentionally take that word and try to to submit it, my life, to that word so that I can expect the blessing of God to come. Amen. I, I ask and I seek and I knock. And I believe that the door will be open. Why? Because the door will be open because I did the first part. I asked, I sought him, I knocked, amen. And now the door is being opened. And so we've got to go and do it all. And when we do what he says, then the promise will come. Faith gets God's attention. How many times did Jesus say, I haven't seen such faith or I haven't seen this great faith. He's passing by, and Bartimaeus' cry of faith gets his attention. And the Bible said that Jesus stopped in the middle of the road. Amen. Why? Because he heard the cry of faith. The woman with the issue of blood reached out in faith and did what the crowd was unable to do. Amen. She retrieved his virtue. There was virtue that flowed from Jesus into her body. Why? Because it was an act of faith. Amen. God has put in you all the ingredients that you need to succeed. It's found in your faith. Amen. Romans 12 and 3 said, God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. And so you have faith. No one can say, I don't have any faith because God said, when you came to him, he gave every man a measure of faith. But in order for you to work, you have to work it. It will work if you'll work it. Say that with me. It'll work if I work it. James 2 and 17, faith without works is dead being alone if you use that faith you can be whatever you need to be you can do whatever you need to do you can have whatever you need to have faith takes the limits off faith removes the restraints why that's how all things become possible to them that have faith believe right we all right? Faith is the currency of heaven. God doesn't respond to sympathy. He doesn't respond to need alone. If he did, I think I said this the other Sunday, but if he did, every rest home would be empty. Every hospital would we, we wouldn't, wouldn't need any hospitals or any nursing homes. If God was moved by sympathy and need alone, right? Are you with me? But you see, tonight it's faith that moves God. Faith is like uh, money in the physical. If you have it, Ecclesiastes 10 tells us money answers all things. If you have the faith, it'll answer your problem. It'll answer your need. And, and that faith has to be worked. It's like that muscle in your body, right? If you work it, uh, you know, what is it? You, you work it one day, you rest it a day, and it's when that, uh, that you tear that muscle down, and, and when it begins to rebuild, that's when the strength comes, right? And so that's what we have to do. We have to stretch that faith. So we can break it down and tear it, break it and stretch it further than we've ever stretched it before. So that when it comes back, it is stronger than it ever has been before. Amen. We may not have the faith to, you know, our our faith must, might just be for salvation. And, And then we, we say, well, you know, and we have this mentality because of religion that tells us we're still a worm, right? And. Uh, So we don't have faith that uh, to believe God for something great, but we can believe him. You know, uh, we pray and believe God, not that it's a a little thing, but we pray and believe God for a headache to go away. And, And so we stretch our faith to believe God to do that for us, and he does it. And then guess what? Then there's another need comes up and we don't have the money that we need to, to meet the bill and, and we stretch our faith a little more and, and and God answers that prayer and He moves and we keep on stretching and stretching and building our faith until we begin to believe God that He can do anything. Amen? And so, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that... And this is just my way of thinking. You can take it for what it's worth. But I think Moses was just a little bit nervous whenever he went out there and and started talking to Pharaoh that first time about those plagues coming. Amen. But he knew he had heard from God. But I just have to believe he was just a little bit nervous saying, I hope this works. (laughs) Right? Can we be real tonight? But he told, told Pharaoh what God had told him. And sure enough, God did it just like he said. How many know that built his faith? That when he went out there the next time, there's a little bit more strength in his voice. His voice wasn't cracking, right? But by the time those plagues started rolling up, I can see him out there strutting his stuff, saying, You want to mess with me? I'll put another one on you. <laughs> Amen. And we've got to come to that place where that our faith rises in our hearts until we uh, announce to the enemy, Hey, you want to mess with me? I don't want to do it, but I'll turn the Holy Ghost on you. Amen. I'll, I'll let Daddy get a hold of you. He will whip you down, right? You, you, and you have that kind of faith, not because you, you just started the journey, but because you've seen some things. You've seen God do some things in your life, amen. And so that anointing and that faith rises in your heart and you begin to believe God that God really can do anything, amen. It's amazing how people can sit in the same pew and one will soak in sour and the other will shout and dance. What's the difference? one believes and the other don't on the same pew worshiping the same God hearing the same word but it's the response to the word. it's activating that faith that is in your heart that makes a shift and a change in your life. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. He said all of us heard the gospel, but it didn't work in them. Why didn't it work? Because they didn't have no faith. Your faith can change your world. Your faith can change your world. Your faith can change your world. Why don't we say that together? My faith can change my world. I want you to hear it. Say it again. My faith can change my world. When you know that it keeps you from depending on other people. It's not that I don't want you praying for me. It's good And it's nice to know somebody's praying for you, right? But if you don't pray for me, I ain't going to fall apart. Amen? If you don't have my back, I'm going to make it. Come on, somebody. Why? Because faith is not in the dependence of people. It's not, you know, it's nice to be encouraged. It's nice to be uplifted. But my faith is in God. My trust is in Him. Amen? It's nice to be accepted. It's nice to have people you can depend upon. But at the end of the day, if all of the things in your life are burnt up and gone, you still can have faith in God that He will make a way somehow for you. Amen? Faith comes where the will of God is known. If you can't have faith for something until you know that God has done it, then it really isn't faith. Amen? James 1 and 6 said, Ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Let no man think he shall receive anything, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In Romans 4 and 18, it speaks of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, that he might be a father of many nations according to that which was spoken and being not weak in faith considered not his own body he staggered not at the promises of God but he knew he who had promised it was able to perform it it says of Abraham there he was fully persuaded fully persuaded he heard God say a thing And he was fully persuaded that God would do it. Hallelujah. He said, I will bless you and I'll make your name great. And you'll be blessed. You'll be the father of many nations. And that's all that he needed to hear. Amen. That's all he needed to hear. He didn't take into consideration he was 100, right? He didn't take into consideration age. You know, I've heard that, uh, and and this is just another message, but I'll give it to you for you tonight, all right? But I've heard about, you know, that the the scripture that talks about being uh, 70 years old and then if by strength 80 years old, and then he talks about, uh, you know, 115 years old. And, and I don't believe I've been looking at that. I don't think that that when he was talking there, that he was saying that you can believe for 70 and then if you feel like it, you can get 80, and, and it, but it was a limited, it was a, a lamutation, it was a brokenness, that he was prying out, and he's saying, people are dying too young. He's saying, people are dying too young. And you, you've got to, by strength, get a hold of this and understand that there's more to it. And I believe that. I believe that a lot of times we have bought into it that, you know, whenever you get 70, 80, 90 years old, you're too old. And you're going to die. Amen? And, and somebody gets some kind of sickness, and what do we do? We don't have no faith. Well, They're old. What's that got to do with anything? Amen. I mean, we're talking about God, not Kavorki, right? Kavorkian, what is that? Kavorkian. You know, he ain't gonna get you no big shot and put you out. But we we've got to change that mentality. That's a message for another day. I thought I'd just give you that to chew on. But but I believe that. Abraham understood something. He understood the principle that the promise of God is not about how old I am. The promise of God is that he said that he is going to do this. So uh, my age doesn't matter. Uh, Sarah's age doesn't matter. What matters is God's word is still alive inside of me. Amen. And now because he staggered not at the promise of God. Man. How many like to live in that zone where you just, when God spoke to you, when you've seen it in his word, when he spoke to, to you in prayer, you just said, that's it. You don't stagger, you don't wonder, you don't hope, you don't think, man, I wish I could do that. But you just believe the word of God. Amen. He, he tells you, I'm the Lord that heals you, but your body's faint and, and weary. Amen. But you just say, that's it. God said, I'm going to be healed. It, it, it ain't about my age. It ain't about how young, how old I am. It ain't about what the doctor has said. God has said. And so he staggered not at the promise of God. Amen. It's amazing how many people don't know the promises of God. Some people don't know the promises of God concerning their prosperity. You know, I know everything gets out of balance. How many has been long enough in the church to understand that? You know, we wing from one side of the pendulum to the other, but it does not cause the word of God to not be true. Amen? And God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in good health, even as our soul prospers, right? It isn't about the money. It's the love of money that causes you trouble. Uh, you know, God, there's a lot of people that don't know that, that God wants you to to have health. Not does he, I thank God for healing when sickness comes. But He there is a better Prince promise than that. And that is that you walk in divine health. When you walk in divine health, then you don't need healing. Amen. Oh, just stick with me. I'll stretch you. Amen. We can walk in that, and so you know I, I'm convinced. And you say, "Well, you just you just ain't old enough yet." But I'm convinced that if God wants you, he, you don't have to you don't have to get sick. You don't have to die. You can just lay down and go to sleep. Go on. Hallelujah. Third John chapter 2, beloved, I wish above all things, all things, that what? You prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers, right? Deuteronomy, he said, given, uh, he's given us the power to get wealth, amen? He's, he asked us this question in Matthew 7, 9, and 11. If your son asks you a bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks you a fish, would you give him a serpent? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more does the heavenly father know how to give you and bless you, right? Amen. God doesn't want your utilities cut off. He don't want your babies to go to bed hungry. He don't want your car repossessed. I mean, no, he don't get no blessing out of that. But the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Amen. But he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly glory to God. Amen. Well, let me see. What else have I got here? Oh, have you ever heard people say, this is my cross to bear? He just put me here to witness. (laughs) God just put this sickness on me to teach me something. Let me ask you something. How many of you ever went to school when you're sick? I stayed at the house (laughs) anytime I could. Sometimes I'd fake it. But you don't go to school and sick because you can't think when your body's tore up, right? So what kind of thinking is that, that God put this sickness on me to teach me something? I'm just thinking out loud I'm suffering for Jesus if you're suffering for Jesus then why don't you just throw all that medicine down the toilet don't get in the prayer line no more because you're bringing glory to God and we don't want you healed because (laughs) is anybody with me? I mean, how messed up have we been? But the Bible Bible says in James, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church to anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith, right? That you shall be healed. That's the will of God. Amen? Amen. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live in victory. And so what do you need to do? We need to start confessing what God has said about a thing. Amen? Look in the Word of God and begin to confess what God has said in His Word about the circumstance. Not what you're feeling, not what you're seeing, not what your emotions are telling you, because all of us have went by our feelings before and we're wrong. Right? I thought sometimes things were going to turn out all right, and they didn't. And other times I thought, well, this ain't going to work too well, and it turned out all right. Uh, My feelings have let me down before, but I can get in God's Word and get a word from the Lord, and He has never let me down. Amen? And so I get in His Word, and I begin to speak His Word, because I don't want to speak my own words because Proverbs 6 and 2 warns me about that. That he said, you are snared by the words of your own mouth. Yeah. Amen. No wonder David said, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. He said in Psalms 141, uh, he, he tells us, what man is he that, that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good... Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Proverbs 13 said, He that keepeth his tongue keepeth his life. If you want to find out where somebody's living at, their words are the barometer. They'll tell on you every time. Right? If somebody's down in the mouth, if they're always ugly... And they don't have anything good to say. You know that they're bitter. You know that they're full of bitterness and hatred and malice and strife. And and just need a spiritual cleansing in their life. Amen. And Luke tells us 6. A good man out of a good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Some have an abundance of excuses. Some have an abundance of other things and will not go on from there tonight. But out of your mouth, your heart will speak. If you want to change your future, then you have to change the way that you're speaking today. The scripture said, I will declare the decree that the Lord has spoken unto me. Not what I see, not what I hear, what I feel. But if I want to change my tomorrow, if I want to frame my world to be different tomorrow than it is today, then I've got to get in the book. And I've got to look up my situation, my circumstances, the promises that are there. And what does the word say? We did a mess, two or three messages on this a year or so, two years ago. But his word will not return unto him void. But it will accomplish that wherein it is sent. It isn't in God sending the word. It is in us returning the word. Are you with me? He said, talked about it there in Isaiah, as the rain comes down, as the snow comes down, waters the ground, but then as the word goes back up, evaporates, goes back into the heavens, he said, then there is a response. And that is when the response comes in our life. It's not in God sending the word, but it's in us returning the word back to God. He said, when you have the faith to speak that word back, he said, it will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish what I've said it to do. Why? Because it's made full circle. Amen. And when it's made full circle, when you begin to speak that word back to God, it makes full circle, it makes that contact, and the power for that word to come to pass will be revealed in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So, we just got to begin to speak the word of the Lord. Amen. I was going to talk to you about Leah here tonight, but my time is gone. And so I'll talk to you about that another time. Is that all right? Amen. How many love the word of the Lord? Ain't the word of the Lord awesome? Praise God. Amen. And as I said earlier, we're hearing so many reports uh, of God just doing wonderful things, and it's awesome, and I celebrate that. And Sister Carol telling us tonight that the Lord answered prayer for her. And, and uh, we had, uh, I had, I think it was two reports in the email that come today. And uh, let me just encourage you, if you, if you if God has done something for you, blessed you and uh, answered prayers for you uh, from since the beginning of the year, if you just uh, send an email to us and let us know. Because I, I just want to uh, try to keep track of everything God doing because, Not so we can say, well, look here what he's done at the tabernacle, but so that it'll build faith in others. Amen. And so when we we are able to share those testimonies, it'll increase the faith of somebody else to begin to speak the word and believe the word in their circumstance and see God do it for them. Is that all right? Amen. And so I want to change my world. I've got to change my words.